What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Will Ford Show as part of the Muskie Sports Blast Talk Program on WMCO 90.7 FM. The coronavirus right now sweeping the United States. It's a global pandemic, and it's caused a major disruption across the country, and sports pretty much across the globe have shut down other than uh, the UFC, um, but they're still there competing without fans and same thing with professional wrestling they're still going on but just competing without fans uh, but everything else right now shut down for the foreseeable future and it could be a couple months before we get back to normal now Muskingum students we were originally scheduled to be away from campus from March 16th to March 29th to two weeks of uh, an online instructional format, but that has been extended now until after Easter break, uh, until April 13th. Uh, so uh, obviously it's a, con- a developing situation. It develops, seems like hour by hour, day by day. Uh, but as of right now, we're scheduled to come back April 13th. And hopefully we can, because I know I miss coming into the station and talking to you. And I know a lot of my friends and colleagues miss the same as well. Uh, But the coronavirus hasn't shut down everything. We still do have NFL free agency. And boy, has it been a fireworks show. So the big fish this year was none other than TB12 Tom Brady from the New England Patriots becoming a free agent for the first time in his 20-year NFL career. And it came down to three teams yesterday. The New England Patriots returning to the Patriots, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he chose the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I predicted that he would remain with the Patriots just because, you know, that's that's home. I, I just... I wasn't sure if he would leave just because he had been there for 20 years. You know, it's just a a tough thing to try and leave. But he chose the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And really, I he could have chose the Chargers and I still would have loved it. I love both of those situations. But I do think Tampa Bay has definitely got the better weapons. You look at what they have on offense. They have Mike Evans, who is a stud. And he's a big target for Tom Brady to throw to. Chris Godwin, who last season had an incredible year. And then OJ Howard, who is a developing tight end, had a down year last year due to injury and lack of targets from Jameis Winston. But he's going to be back into the fold. And there were rumors, too, that Tom Brady, wherever he went, he wanted to bring Antonio Brown with him. And now Antonio Brown still being investigated by the league um, due to, I believe, sexual assault allegations and things like that. Plus, he's just got his own issues as it is other than that. Uh, So the likelihood of Brown coming to Tampa Bay, I don't know. But as of right now, it can't happen. Uh, But supposedly Tom Brady and Antonio Brown have a great relationship and they want to play together. But if even if A.B. doesn't come, Evans, Godwin, and Howard, that's about as good as you can get in terms of off- offensive weapons on the outside. Now, as running backs, 
they're okay. Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, not bad backs. And they have a decent offensive line. They're going to be able to protect Tom Brady. And he's going to, I mean, he's got these targets to throw to. It's going to be incredible. And then an ascending defense. This is a defense that is improving year by year. And it's relatively young as well. I think this was this was probably the best option out there for Tom Brady other than the Los Angeles Chargers who did make a big push for Brady because they went out and traded for uh, an interior guard on the offensive line, Trey Turner. They have a high first-round pick that they were in all likelihood going to be using on a tackle, left tackle, to secure that offensive line. Uh, they were wrestling with the idea of bringing Melvin Gordon back. They also have Austin Eckler, who's a great receiving back. And then you have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Hunter Henry as your weapons. And you have a defense that's going to be bringing Derwin James back. That's really good, too. If that's not right there with Tampa Bay, it's it's really darn close. It's really close. Two great options, and I think Los Angeles would have been great for the family as well. Because his wife Giselle, being a model, and the TB12 brand, the TB12 method, I think LA would have been great for that. But Tampa Bay, the thing about Tampa Bay is you get out of the AFC and the division that the Chargers are in. You you separate yourselves from that that division, which has Patrick Mahomes in it, who's the best quarterback in football and has maybe the best team in football in the... Kansas City Chiefs. So from that standpoint, totally get why he would want to leave uh, the the AFC, or not necessarily leave the AFC, but not go to that division, the AFC West. Now he does go to the NFC, which is by far the tougher conference. I mean that conference is loaded with about you know nine, ten, eleven teams that have legitimate shots at making the playoffs every year. And it's going to be tough, but he did pick a division that is one of the weaker ones in the NFC, and that's the NFC South. So you've got Brady joining the Buccaneers. That automatically makes them a lot better because I believe they were a quarterback away this whole time, and Jameis Winston wasn't the answer. You have the Carolina Panthers who are moving off of Cam Newton, and they're signing Teddy Bridgewater. I'll break that down later on in the show. But they're going to be bringing in a new quarterback, instituting a new system. That may take a year for it to really work. And then the Atlanta Falcons, who are as dysfunctional, dysfunctional as any team in football right now, other than the Cleveland Browns. And they're losing talent left and right. And then you have the New Orleans Saints, who have Drew Brees re-signing on a two-year deal. Tom Brady versus Drew Brees twice a year is going to be amazing. Uh, But we've been talking about the Saints now the last couple of years, waiting for them to regress. And with Tom Brady coming into the fold, I think we might start to see that. I think it's a very winnable division. Certainly, if the Bucs don't win the division, they're going to be in the wild card. And the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay next year. Which is really fitting, isn't it? Really, really fitting. Now the odds of a team playing in their home stadium for the Super Bowl is pretty low. We've never seen it, or at least I've never seen it. I don't know if it's ever happened, but 
but they are I mean it's certainly possible with how talented the Buccaneers are now. And it I mean Tom Brady the best quarterback to ever play is going to have the best weapon weapons he's ever had and an ascending defense that is young as well an offensive minded head coach and Bruce Arians. This could be something pretty special. Uh, but I, I do wholeheartedly believe Tom Brady wanted to stay in New England. I think he just he wanted Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick to get those weapons. He wanted some receivers. He wanted help at tight end. He needed help on the offensive line, and the Patriots wouldn't do it. Belichick and Kraft would not give him what he wanted, and I think Brady gave them every opportunity to do so. They wouldn't do it. And unfortunately, he had to take his talent elsewhere and make one more run in the championship. And I think he's made a great choice with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady is a declining player. He had one of his worst seasons last year. But with this improved weaponry, I think he's going to be far better next year. Make a run at the title. On the other side of this break here on the Muskie Sports Blast, the Houston Texans traded a top three receiver in the National Football League, DeAndre Hopkins, to the Arizona Cardinals. I'll talk about that next on the Will Ford Show on the Muskie Sports Blast on WMCO 90.7. The Will Ford Show here on the Muskie Sports Blast. Thanks for making the Orbit 90.7 a part of your day. And NFL free agency continues here on the Orbit. And a massive trade, uh, an unfair trade as well. Uh, a top three receiver in the league in my eyes, DeAndre Hopkins, traded from the Houston Texans to the Arizona Cardinals in exchange for David Johnson, starting running back, and a second round draft pick. Now, the reason why I say this is a terrible deal is because, number one, like I said, DeAndre Hopkins is a top three receiver in football. You could argue that Julio Jones and Michael Thomas are the only ones better. And the value that they got in return for DeAndre Hopkins is not at all equal. Now, if you had said to me that this deal happened four years ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, this is definitely fair. This is a, this is a good trade. This is pretty solid. David Johnson right now is damaged goods. He is not the same back that he used to be four years ago was his best season, and was outstanding, and then got paid. And now he's on a deal that is not aged very well, making around $13 million a year. And right now, this is a receiver's league. The NFL is transitioning to a receiver's league. A couple years ago, it used to be a, a running back's league. Now we're kind of shifting away from that, and it's it's all about the passing game now. We don't we're more hesitant now to pay running. Well, at least in my mind, I think the NFL and teams should be more hesitant to pay running backs these long-term extensions that are worth a lot of money, you know, basically setting new markets. Teams should try to stray away from that. But the Texans, for whatever reason, felt the need to get rid of Hopkins, who's the one of the best receivers in football, and bring in a running back who has had some injury-riddled seasons, and has a poorly aging contract. Plus, you only get a second-round pick with it. 
Again, if you would have said this happened four years ago, I'd have been pretty happy for the Texans. But David Johnson's not the same player, and DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best. It's clearly, clearly not fair, and I think it I think it proves that Bill O'Brien, head coach and I suppose general manager of the Texans, I think he might be the most incompetent person in football. Period point blank. There's no way you allow this to happen. We live in a world where Jalen Ramsey, who was a star cornerback for the Jaguars, gets you two first-round picks and a second from the Rams. How do you not get more than a second-round pick? I understand David Johnson is a name, and it's a it's a good-looking name on paper. But if you look at the statistics, David Johnson's not a good running back anymore. I don't know how the Cardinals were able to pull this off, but props to them because Kyler Murray is going to have really nice weapons now on offense in his second season as a starting quarterback. Who have Larry Fitzgerald, who has been as reliable as ever. Now he is he's old, he's aging. He's probably only got a year or two left, Fitzgerald does, but Fitzgerald is probably going to have more productive of his season because DeAndre Hopkins is going to get a lot of attention. And the Cardinals also have Christian Kirk, who can be a nice option on the outside as a, as a burner, or you can even put him in the slot. I love the receiving core now for Kyler Murray, and I think it's going to make for a spectacular jump in year two. But to me, I just don't know how the Texans allow this to happen. Were there, were there problems between him and Bill O'Brien? Maybe. I know Michael Irvin said on ESPN today on Get Up, and I believe also on First Take, that Bill O'Brien said to DeAndre Hopkins, the last time I had to have a meeting like this with someone, it was with Aaron Hernandez, who, uh, the late Aaron Hernandez, who is now deceased, who played for the Patriots and was also uh, convicted of several counts of murder a couple years ago. I, to even... To even put those two in the same sentence, I don't understand the correlation. And then also Bill O'Brien had problems with Hopkins's personal life uh, in terms of the relationships he has with other women and the multiple children he has. Just like, why does that matter? What does that have to do with football? If it's not affecting the football aspect of things, I don't understand why I, I... I don't understand. I'm not going to pretend I know the situation, but I don't know. It just seems really odd to me, and I just don't understand how you didn't get that much in return for him. Damaged goods at running back and a second-round pick is nowhere near worth the value that D-Hop is. doesn't make much sense to me. Really don't get it. But the Cardinals got a steal of a deal. Kyler Murray is going to make an outstanding jump in year two, and the Cardinals, look out for them. I think they have a legitimate shot at making the playoffs now, certainly as a wild card team. But I think, you know, teams that lose the Super Bowl, they always have a Super Bowl hangover. I don't think the 49ers, while they're a good team, I don't think they're going to be as good. I think that's going to allow the Cardinals to step in there. And I think, although they're young and their defense isn't as as good their offensive line's not that good I think this is a team that can certainly make 
a push for a wild card spot in the NFC. Now, very briefly here, I only got a couple minutes before we go to another break. The Indianapolis Colts brought in Phillip Rivers to replace Jacoby Brissett as their starting quarterback. I like the move because it gives them a little more stability at the quarterback position. I think it certainly makes them better. He is far and away better than Jacoby Brissett, Rivers is. Still unreliable, though. I'm not sure if, I mean, short term, I think it's fine. It's a nice transition until you draft another quarterback. Uh, This is going to be a one-year transition, so I expect the Colts to draft a quarterback in this year's draft or wait until next year's draft to get somebody. But I think Phillip Rivers is good right now. I love Phillip Rivers. There's no bigger fan of Phillip Rivers than myself. I love I love Phillip Rivers. But he turns the ball over too much in big spots and clutch moments. The Chargers were 5 and 11 last year and a big part of that was because of Phillip Rivers. The Chargers lost more one possession games than any other team last year and that's because Rivers made poor decisions on fourth quarter drives, last second drives to win them the game. And Rivers was just trying to do too much with the football, knowing that, you know, his time, you know, he's he's exiting his prime and he doesn't have a lot of time left to make a run at a Super Bowl. And so going to the Colts for one year, $25 million was the next move. The Chargers didn't want him back. And if they can just get someone else on the outside for Rivers to throw to, they do have T.Y. Hilton, but if they can get another receiver, they traded for DeForest Buckner from the San Francisco 49ers, traded their first-round pick this year, so they won't have a first-round pick to go out and get a receiver, but they did improve the interior of the defensive line. I think the Colts are going to be another solid team. Seems like I'm saying that about every team, that they're going to be really solid, but with a lot of these moves that teams are making, it's hard to to say that they're not going to be good on paper. Uh, But right now, we'll take a short break here on the Muskie Sports Blast. When we come back, Teddy Bridgewater signs with the Carolina Panthers. The Cowboys put an exclusive franchise tag on Dak Prescott. That and more on the Muskie Sports Blast. The Will Ford Show on the Orbit 90.7. Thanks for making the Orbit 90.7 a part of your day. The Will Ford Show here on the Muskie Sports Blast talk program. Breaking down some NFL free agency And the Carolina Panthers, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater to replace Cam Newton. Teddy Bridgewater, three-year, around $60 million deal, so around $20 million annually. I love the the signing by the Panthers under uh, Joe Brady, who's their their new offensive coordinator, uh, Matt Rule, the head coach of the Panthers now. Joe Brady was in New Orleans the first year that Teddy Bridgewater arrived at the Saints. I think it's going to be a good fit, and they're built for success, and it's they're going to be a really good team, I think, very shortly. It might take them a year to develop the system and get it under their belt, but I, I love the signing. I think Teddy Bridgewater was... other. Uh, Tom Brady's obviously the best quarterback out of the free agent bunch, but I think long-term, the best option out there for teams. And I think it was Teddy Bridgewater because you were going to get him relatively cheap between 20 and $25 million a year. And coming off of that horrific injury he had years ago, 
I think he is ascending, and I think he can be a great foundational piece moving forward. I think the Panthers got a steal of a deal there, and if the Pan- or if the Buccaneers missed out on Tom Brady, I think Teddy Bridgewater would have been the next move. But to me, in my eyes, I think Bridgewater should have been at the top of everybody's list because of how young he is. He's 27. He's ascending. He's going to be cheap, and you can build around him for the future. I think it was a great move by the Panthers. Matt Rule and Joe Brady got a good one. And now it leaves the question, where does Cam Newton go? Because there are a few teams out there that need quarterbacks. The Chicago Bears looking to replace Mitch Trubisky, who is a former number two overall pick. I don't know if that's the right spot for Cam Newton. I just, I don't think, I don't think Matt Nagy would want to shift his offense around a quarterback with a different play style. Mitch Trubisky runs with the football, but Cam Newton is much more deliberate with it where Trubisky is more of a scrambler. Uh, So may have to rebuild the offense a little bit around Cam Newton. The Los Angeles Chargers are a team without a quarterback. So Cam Newton could be an option as a trade chip. Also, uh, you look at Jameis Winston as well for the Chargers. That could be another fit in the short term, a transition piece to your next quarterback. Options there for the Chargers. But I think the best option, and I don't know why anyone hasn't thought about this yet, Sue, I, unless someone has, and I haven't heard it, but I think the Washington Redskins would be the best fit for Cam Newton. And here's why. Ron Rivera is the new head coach of the Redskins who coached Cam Newton for all of Cam's career. So he knows how to coach Cam. He knows how to build an offense around Cam. Although he is a defensive-minded coach, he knows what goes into the offense that is needed to support Cam's abilities. Cam's also healthy, so we could see Superman again. And if they don't think Dwayne Haskins is the answer at quarterback, do the Redskins. I think you could trade for Cam Newton. You're not going to have to trade a lot. And you can keep that number two pick that the Redskins have in the draft. You keep that pick, and you can use that on a defensive piece like Chase Young, who... I think is a Hall of Fame talent coming out of Ohio State on the defensive line, on the defensive end. And he's probably better than Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa. And both of them are spectacular talents in the NFL. I think that's what the Redskins should do. Trade for Cam Newton, keep that number two pick, and use it to go get Chase Young on the defense. That would be the best fit in my eyes. Um, very quickly here before we wrap up, the Dallas Cowboys put a uh, a exclusive franchise tag on Dak Prescott worth around $31 million for one season. I would have paid him. I think he has more than deserved his money. Is he worth $36, $37 million? No, but I certainly think you have to pay him based on what the market has set. I mean, this guy's been ascending after each and every year, and he has been consistent, durable, healthy, a great leader. Carson Wentz has shown flashes in an injury-riddled career, has only played in part of one playoff game, whereas Dak has won multiple division titles, played in multiple playoff games, has a playoff win. I think Dak Prescott deserves his money. And uh, also, uh, the Cowboys signed Amari Cooper to a five-year, $100 million deal. Love the move. They needed to do it. 
Dak's number one option. Although Amari can disappear from time to time in big moments in games, you have to re-sign the man. He is the best route-running receiver in the league. Very quick, very fast. And I love the duo. And I think offensively now, the Cowboys are going to be good next year with a new head coach in Mike McCarthy, keeping Kellen Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator. Offensive line is aging, but it's still good. Defense, though, they've got a lot of holes to fill, leaving, uh, letting Byron Jones walk in free agency, Jeff Heath, and also Robert Quinn on the defensive front. But uh, the Cowboys tagging Dak, looking to get a deal done before training camp and things like that come up before the start of the regular season. But uh, I would pay him, but we'll see if they do. That'll wrap things up here on the Will Ford Show on the Muskie Sports Blast talk program. Thank you for joining me. Stay safe out there, everybody, uh, with the coronavirus just going around the country. Uh, Make sure you stay safe. And WMCO will be back on the airwaves, or live DJs will be back on the airwaves April 13th. That is the plan, so we will see you then. Thanks for tuning in to the Will Ford Show on the Muskie Sports Blast talk program on the Orbit 90.7.